Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Our God is truly worthy to be praised. Amen. He is a good, good God. Praise the Lord. If you've been going through anything this week, I want to encourage you. Fight. Fight the good fight of faith. I'm telling you what, when the enemy comes in like a flood, let me tell you, God said he would raise up a standard. Amen. And I know this week, uh, I've, I've been, my throat's been attacked, so if I sound like a frog, just pretend you got a, a different preacher today, and, uh, and he's got a different voice, but praise the Lord, we're going to preach it anyway. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Paul said he fought the good fight of faith, and we need to fight, fight uh, from a position of victory, knowing that the victory is ours through Christ Jesus. Praise God. So great to see you here in the second service today. We had a tremendous, wonderful opportunity uh, before the Lord in the first service. We had a great turnout. Folks were on fire. They were amen in me, and they said, you can sound like a frog if you want to, but we're going to praise the Lord anyhow. And we had a great time, and now that I see you here in the second service and everyone that was tuning in, uh, I was just getting messages. Uh, you're, not you're not online. You're not online. And uh, we may run in a few minutes late there, but we, let's just welcome everybody that's tuning in. <laughs> Hundreds of people that are tuning in uh, every week on our Facebook Live and viewing what we're doing here at Christian Embassy. We welcome you. If you're in the Hampton Roads area, please come in the service. We'd love to have you. And normally I'd give you a great big hug and a handshake, but today I'm going to reserve that because if this is something that I was passing on, I don't want to pass it on to anyone. I want to pass it back straight to hell where it came from. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, but yeah, we'd love to have you. And again, thank you for out of all the churches in Hampton Roads that you could be at today or your bed you chose to be here, and that means a lot to me. Thank you again, and may God bless you. Let's just open in prayer. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this season. We thank you for what you have done, for what you are doing, and for what you've yet planned to do. And we just pray supernaturally you would open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to understand, Lord God, all that you're doing in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Here we are at the culmination of the seven feasts of the Lord. Again, this is not something a Jewish council came up with, but God himself. And God said, on my calendar, I've set up these seven feasts because I want them to be a special time on my calendar that I get you to put on your calendar where you will come and spend a special time together. God says, and I don't understand this theologically, but God is bigger than my brain. So I'll just tell you how, what he says, that uh, to me, God is with us. He's in us. He's uh, omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. And uh, so we know that God is at all places at all times. He says our body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us. So God is, he's here. But he said, during the feast, I choose to be closer with you than even in any other time. I don't understand how if he's in us, around us, on us, through us, flowing and all. But he does. So I'm just going to take him at what his word says. So I want us to, even though we're in the new covenant, to celebrate the foundation, the layers of that which brought us into the new covenant in Christ Jesus as God has set these days and these times on his calendar. So it all begins in the spring uh, with 
the feast uh, that starts at Passover, where Jesus is our Passover lamb and his blood is shed for the remission of our sins, that our, our sin debt can be paid. He is the unleavened bread. He's bread without leaven. Leaven represents sin. He was without sin. So he was able to pay off our sin debt uh, through his sinless life. And uh, he's also on the third day was resurrected. We celebrate Easter, Resurrection Sunday, where our Lord and Savior is not dead, but he's alive. He's resurrected from the dead. First fruit of the resurrection, meaning that if any of us die, that we too will be resurrected and our bodies will be with, uh, reunited with our, our spirit and uh, glorified to be with the Lord. God has a purpose for the body. Uh, and then 50 days later, Pentecost came. And when Pentecost came, uh, that was when the Holy Spirit came in the upper room. And it was that day the church was birthed. That's why you see this green pier, uh, area here. It says the church age. We, the church was birthed through the coming of the Holy Spirit, who is not only dwelling on man, but now dwelling in man and flowing through us as they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can advance the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. Now those are the four spring feasts and they have already been fulfilled. But we find that there are three fall feasts that are partially fulfilled in Christ but not yet fully fulfilled. There's still a prophetic nature. And that was, and we've been celebrating these this month of September uh, as we celebrated Rosh Hashanah, uh, the Feast of Trumpets. It corresponds with the rapture of the church. We know that the Bible tells us in Thessalonians that the dead in Christ shall rise first and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, raptured, caught up to meet the Lord in the air uh, when Jesus raptures the church. So we know it's happening in the twinkling of an eye. That has not yet been fulfilled, but that Feast of Trumpets we still celebrate because we're looking forward to uh, God's fulfillment in His plan. Then there's the Feast of uh, Atonement, Yom Kippur, that we were just celebrating this past week. Uh, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, when the high priest would go in and sprinkle the blood on the uh, most holy of holies, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, there for the people to atone for their sins for a whole year. Uh, we thank God that Jesus is the sacrifice for us and that we don't have to go year to year. Uh, it's like being on a lease that renews year to year. Uh, he has atoned for our sins for eternity. Hallelujah. And the scapegoat that went into the wilderness that took the curses upon it, uh, that at times would come back and bring the curse on them. We don't have to worry about that anymore because Jesus is our Yom Kippur offering. He is the one that lifts the burden of sin off of our life and destroys the yoke of curse that was on us. That's the Yom Kippur, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God that Peter got a revelation from the Father. And now uh, we come into this evening at sunset through next Sunday uh, sundown for seven days. We're going to be uh, celebrating the final feast of the fall season, uh, the Feast of Sukkot uh, or the Feast of Tabernacles uh, or the Feast of uh, representing the kingdom age, the messianic kingdom age of Jesus Christ coming. So oh, that is an exciting time, Feast of Booths, Feast of Tabernacles uh, that we uh, are entering into this evening. Now you'll see there's three stars up here 
And these stars are from Deuteronomy 16 and 16, where God says there's three feasts. I do not want you to come to me empty-handed. And uh, like, like I said, this is God. This is not something priests came up with or rabbis came up with. It's what Jesus, uh, God said. He said, during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, don't come before me empty-handed. Bring the sacrifice that's required, but I need you to bring an extra gift. Then the Feast of Pentecost. He said, don't come empty-handed. And then uh, a Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of Pentecost, and then the Feast of Sukkot, this feast that we're coming in on. Uh, he said, don't come empty-handed. Now, we know we're under the new covenant. It's a better covenant, and Christ has met every requirement that we could ever do. So I don't think we're, we, we have to do this by law, but I, I rejoice in the fact that we get to participate in fulfilling and blessing the heart of God. So uh, yesterday, uh, Pastor Radika and I, we sat down and we said, we want to bring something extra to the Lord, and we prayed about it, and we did that, and it wasn't to fulfill a law, and it wasn't to get greater grace from God or anything like that. It's just reading in the scripture the things that were important to the heart of God, what was important to his heart is important to our heart. And if, if that meant something to him to do something extra, then we wanted to do something extra. So during this week, you just ask the Holy Spirit, do you want, what would you have me do extra? And he's not going to tell you anything legal that you have to do, but he may give you an idea. If not, come up with your own idea. Sometimes it's hard to come up with ideas if you know what I mean. When you want to give somebody a gift, you're like, you know, somebody has everything. What do you give them? Well, God has everything. Amen. So it's almost like, God, what, what would you like me to bless you with? I just want to come up with something that would bless you. But these are the seven feasts, and we are, like I said, wrapping up uh, the, the final feast uh, in the, this year of Sukkot uh, as we celebrate this evening. And the reason why God wanted to sell us to celebrate uh, these feasts is so that we could celebrate the goodness of God. It wasn't about law, it wasn't about burden, it was about his goodness that he wanted us to see. And in Leviticus 23, 33 is where we find uh, the basis for this, where the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel saying, On the 15th day of the seventh month shall be the feast of tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. So God told them what day uh, it was to start of the month and how long it was to last. Then he goes in verse 42 you shall dwell in booths for seven days, and all who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So the Feast of Tabernacles that God has given us is this, in Hebrew, is called a season of great joy, a great joy. And it's taken from Nehemiah 8 and 10, where the joy of the Lord is my strength. So there's joy that God gives us, not joy that we get from our circumstances, not joy that we get from our relationships. There is a supernatural joy that comes during the feast that God will give unto you if you'll celebrate and honor Him and remember Him during this time of feast that He will, he will charge you with a joy in your spirit that will emanate your body and your soul and will be strength to you. That you will get supernatural strength from God as we... So I don't know about you, but that excites me. 
that what we're doing right now is not some religious ritual. That what we're doing right now in studying and remembering the, the feast of the Lord, that God is filling us with supernatural joy that will translate into supernatural strength in our lives. Hallelujah. And the strength of the joy of the Lord will be our strength. So join me in celebrating that God has given us a new beginning. And I pray that you would join me this morning in celebrating that we've survived the past year. We thank God for the harvest that we've gotten from the last year. But let us also thank God that He's providing for us in this new year greater things than we've ever experienced before. To Him be the glory. Hallelujah. See, the Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot is what we would call here in America Thanksgiving. Actually, if you study your history, you will find here in America that the first Thanksgiving that was ever held on this soil was held on Sukkot. Did you know that? When the pilgrims came up out of Europe, they saw it very symbolic of them like with Israel coming up out of Egypt. When Israel came up out of Egypt, they had to go through the Red Sea. And when the pilgrims came up out of Europe, they saw the, their Atlantic Ocean like the Red Sea. And when they got to America, they believed this to be the promised land that God had provided for them for their main reason to come here to America was so that they could have freedom to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And by all natural means, they should not have made it here, but they saw that it was the hand of God that brought them through the treacherous ocean to this promised land. So their first Thanksgiving was held on Sukkot, just like we're celebrating at sundown today this whole week. Hallelujah. You didn't know that about American history, did you? That's our history. And let me tell you what. It was by all natural laws that, uh, that Israel would have never left Egypt either. And if, as they supernaturally got out of Egypt, it was only by the miracle working hand of God that they could make it through the wilderness for those 40 years. The only reason they survived, and they knew this, was the miraculous intervention of God. If some of you here right now, if you would be honest with your circumstances, honest with your situation, you would say, had it not been for the miraculous intervention of the hand of God, you would not be here today. Your children would not be here today. You could go back to a place in time where the enemy had a plan of destruction that was set to destroy you, was to destroy your marriage, was to destroy your lineage, was to destroy your finances, was to destroy your health, but the enemy did not win. There was an intervention of a mighty, miraculous hand of God in your life that kept the marriage together and now you have the children and now you have the grandchildren which none of that would have ever happened had the devil had his way. You are still alive and you're still putting one foot in front of the other and had the devil had his way, you still would, you, today you would have been fertilizer in the ground. I'm telling you, the devil had a plan against you, but God has a plan for you. And they recognized that, 
And at Sukkot, they had a happy Thanksgiving here in America. I'm telling you, it was God who caused Pharaoh to let them go after 400 years of being the slaves that helped build up the economy and build up Egypt in the way that it was. And when they left, they plundered Egypt. The Bible says that the Egyptians gave their jewelry and gave their wealth to the Israelites to get them to go and get out of their land. So they went from one night being the poorest people in the world to the next night being the richest people in the world overnight. I tell you, that was an act of God. God supernaturally parted the Red Sea for them to cross over on dry ground. And let me tell you what, the bed of that uh, ocean had never been dry in all of its creative days, but God caused it to dry up supernaturally in one day that they might cross over on dry ground. The Bible tells us that when the enemy followed them, that that same Red Sea that was parted came back together at the right time to spare the lives of the Israelites and to destroy the ones that were coming up after them, the Egyptian warriors. The Bible says when they got into the wilderness, it was a dry and a parched land. But God said he sent forth a river of rivers of water out through the rock and quenched the thirst of millions of people and all of their livestock for 40 years. The Bible says there was no food in the wilderness, but God baked a bread every day for six days a week in heaven, double on the sixth day, and He rained it down for them that they might eat the sweet bread of heaven called manna every day for 40 years. The Bible says that for 40 years their sandals walked on the uh, abrasiveness of the sand of that desert, but they would not wear out. Their clothes were fought and beat back with the uh, uh, harshness of that environment, but their clothes did not wear out. And the Bible says unto us that there were millions of them from the older to the younger, and there was not one sick among them. That's a miracle of God. I'm telling you, the God that we serve is a mighty, mighty, mighty God. And God said, now, I want you to build a booth. You're going into the promised land, and I know your nature. I know how you are when you're under stress, when you're under fire, when you're in un- great need. Uh, you look to me. But your nature is when things are going good. Your nature is when things are okay. Your nature is when your body feels strong. Your nature is when there's more money in the bank than you you need. Your nature is when everything uh, seems to be working out that you stop looking to me and you start looking as though you're doing it on your own. So every year I want you to take a week out and I'll tell you when the week should be. And during this week I want you to build a booth like this a contemporary one here I want you to build a booth that reminds you of what your ancestors went through to remind you that for 40 years they built a booth in the wilderness for 40 years they had to have something that could be quickly put together and quickly torn down in order to follow me I want you to build a booth so that you will always be reminded that I am Jehovah Jireh I am your God your provider that you'll always be reminded that I am Jehovah Rapha. I am your God, your healer. I am the one who provides for you. I am the one who heals you. I am the one who delivers you. I am the one that destroys your enemies. I am the one that brings you water. I am the one that brings you food. I want you to remember because I know your tendency 
when you get into the promised land. I want you to have the beautiful houses. I want you to have the houses you didn't build and the vineyards you didn't plant. I want you to have that, but I don't want you to forget me. I don't want you to forget that I'm the one that gave you the power to get well. So every year, you got to build these temporary tabernacles, these booths for seven days, have your meals in them or dwell in them so you can tell your children and your children's children about the story that when we, they were in the wilderness, we had to keep the roofs open so that we could look up and see that it was God who was our source. See, for 40 years, they would build a booth, something like this that you see, and they were to be easy to set up and easy to take down. I'm telling you, kind of like the tents of today. They've got tents this day and age that, you know, you get it in a little box and you just give it air and it pops, plop, 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 and all there you got a tent for a family of 12. <laughs> and you're like, that was easy. Pretty easy. But wait till the camping trip's over and you got you to gotta fold it and flip it and turn it a certain way. There's people couldn't get them folded back up and left them in the campground. So I can't get it in the car. They had to have something that was easy to set up and tear down. Okay. And they were to put branches over the roof of it. And the reason being is they had to stay under the direction of God. So God says, I want the roofs open so that you can see me in the day and in the night. Because I'm the one that's giving you the water out of the rock in this wilderness. I'm the one that's raining this bread down every day. So God led them with a pillar of cloud or a, a cloud by day, the Bible says, and a pillar of fire by night. So they had to be able to see through their roof because whether it was day or night, if the cloud moved or the pillar of fire moved, they had to pack up and go with the Lord. So, and otherwise, the anointing and the provision left them in the wilderness. Now, God's trying to say something to us here where we need to keep our eyes on the Lord in the good times, not just the bad times, because He's got places He wants to move us to even in the good times. He don't want you to just sit on the sofa and get fat and sassy He's got things He wants you to do. He's blessed you for a purpose. He's increased you because He needs you to follow Him and be used by Him. The gifts and the talents and the anointings that you have, they are not yours. They're, you are a steward of them, but you are to use them in advancing the kingdom of God. So no matter how blessed we are, we have to keep our eyes on God because He is our covering he is our provider. He is our guide. He is our healer. And if we lose sight of Him, let me tell you what, we will not fulfill our purpose and our destiny. Now get this, God gave them a cloud by day. Now, when I think of a cloud by day in the wilderness, just look at this wilderness uh, here. You know, that cloud, if you grew up on a farm like I did, that means shade. Now, I remember farming out. I had an old Massa Ferguson tractor, and we had an old John Deere tractor, and, and uh, we didn't have the fancy ones that today I've seen tractors that are higher, higher tech and fancier than condos. You know, they got air conditioning and widescreen TVs, and, and I mean, like, that ain't farming. Come on now. 
And I remember my granddaddy pulling up in that old Chevy and I knew he had an ice cold uh, glass bottled Coke for me and a pack of nabs. I don't know if any of you know what a pack of nabs are. And I would get to pull that tractor up out of that dusty acreage of field and go sit in the shade for 15 minutes. That's all I would get. But let me tell you what, that shade from, from the out there in the heat, that shade, it had to be 10, 15 degrees cooler, and it felt like air conditioning. And I would drink that cold Coke, and I'd eat those nabs, and I would just, oh, that shade was such a relief from that bearing down heat that I would feel in the field. 15 minutes would go by quickly, and back to it I would go. Well, here they are in the wilderness and there are no trees to give them shade, which would give them some comfort. But our God, don't even if you're going through a wilderness time, he wants you to know, I want to be your comfort even in that. And he would bring them shade with the cloud and he would also show him their his presence and he would guide them with the cloud by day. But then at night, it's cold in the desert, they tell me. And uh, as hot as it is in the day, it is that cold at night. And here God lights a furnace in the sky to not only give them warmth in their cold night, but to give them light in the pre- because there's so much darkness in the desert. And that fire was the presence of the Lord, the comfort of God and the guidance of God and the illumination of God so that they could be able to follow him even in the night. See, God's not just a, 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 a daytime God. He's 24-7. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you, but do you see the miracles here? It was, it was miraculous, supernatural, for water to come out of the rock in a desert and quench the thirst of millions of people and their livestock. That's a miracle. It was supernatural for food to just fall from heaven already baked and ready to eat. It was supernatural that they could walk in this desert for 40 years and their shoes and their clothes not wear out. It was supernatural that for 40 years not one of them were sick. It was supernatural that they came up out of Egypt with all their silver and gold. It was supernatural that they walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. It was supernatural that that Red Sea actually drowned their enemy that were pursuing them. It was supernatural they had comfort and guidance in the day and comfort and guidance in the night. And at Sukkot, God is saying, this next year, as I blessed you in the year past, I want to bless you the more. This next year, I have more for you than you've ever imagined. I want you to look to me and receive all that you have from me. So build a booth, a temporary booth, but don't cover the roof so that you can't see through it, so that you can teach yourself and your children and your children's children to keep your eyes on me. God is saying to us today, don't take your eyes off of me because I am the one that brings you the covering during the day and I am the one that brings you the covering during the night. Don't take your eyes off of me and I'm ready to move you into greater things, but you got to watch me. you got to follow me. you got to talk to me. you got to listen to me. 
And when I say go, I want you to go. And when I say do, I want you to do it. If you don't, the anointing is going to leave you. I'm not going to hold my kingdom back for you. I want you to go into my kingdom work and the kingdom plan that I got, that I have for you. So God says, remember. There again, he created us. He knows our tendency. And our tendency is when we need him, when we need him, when we have a 9-11, you remember, how many of you were alive and remember 9-11 in 2001? You remember that? 17 years ago, a nation that was in many parts laughing about prayer, laughing and, and, and jeering about the church, the local church. A nation came back on its knees. Nobody made them. Nobody told them. Nobody paid them. They came on their knees and on every news channel and every program you could see, it was like, let's come to the Lord in prayer. We need to pray. When 3,000 plus innocent lives were taken by these terrorists, it was like, we don't know what else is going to happen. We don't know when this is going to take place, maybe in our own neighborhood. And it was hard times. And the economies were collapsing and, 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 and fear was everywhere. And prayer rolls up. Attendance in church rolls up from the young groups to the older groups. They were coming together to pray. It's easy to keep our eyes on God during the bad times. But God says, I don't want you to have to go through bad times to keep your eyes on me. I don't want you to have to go through those times and challenges in order to have a relationship with you. I want you to realize I'm good all the time. I want you to realize that I'm worthy of your praise all of the time. I want you to be able to look back on the miracles of the past and know that I'm the miracle-working God that will work miracles in your future. I want you to keep your eyes on me. Because your tendency is when you get blessed, you get lukewarm. But when our marriage is restored and our business is doing good and our bodies don't hurt and our banks, bank accounts are in excess, it's then we tend to forget the Lord. Now, if God says that about us and He's our creator, he, let me tell you why. He, he knows us better than we know ourselves. But He says, you don't have to go into the hardship in order to get back to me. He said, that's not how I planned it. I want to bring you into the promised land. I'm the one trying to get you into the promised land that flows with milk and honey. I'm trying to get you into the houses that were built uh, that you inherit and the vineyards that you didn't plant become yours and the increases. He says, that's where I'm trying to get you. But I need you to work with me on this. That as you get blessed, you don't forget me. That you don't forget me. So he says every year with this feast of Sukkot, we're going to take these booths and we're going to set them up. And for a whole week, you and your children, your grandchildren will do this so that you'll remember that there were 40 years when there were no stores, there were no shopping malls, there were no crops planted, that my people had total dependence on me, total dependence on Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Rapha, and I, and I was enough. And I was enough. Now, I don't want you to be on. This was a temporary. This was a temporary, tempor, a temporary uh, heavenly, uh, you might would say, um, uh, financial assistance 
for 40 years to get you to the promised land. But he said, I don't want you to live on that. I want you to farm. I want you to sow and reap. I want you to do that. So that's why I'm bringing you into the promised land because the manna stopped and the supernatural river stopped when they got into the promised land because God wanted to work with them and taking them even to a higher level of existence. But he says, in doing that, don't think it's your hand that gave you the wealth. Don't think it's your strength that gave you the healing in your body. He said, remember me. So God is very important to God. What we're doing right now, what we're doing in this building right now is so important to God. It may not be the trendiest thing that's going on in 2018. It may not be the coolest thing that people talk about. Maybe even uh, formulate some memes over. But to God, to God, the one who gives us breath in our lungs, sight in our eyes, sound in our ears, the ability to speak, the God who gives us the ability to walk, this is important to Him. That we take the time to remember, God, it is you. It is you who has given us all good things in this life. So much so that Jesus Christ, if you remember the last act that he did before the crucifixion at Passover in Luke 22 and 19, says Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the fruit of the vine and did the same thing. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. It's something about our God who is, who is honored, who is blessed, and who cherishes a people who will remember what he has done for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul gives us some instruction on that last supper. He said, I received this from the Lord. I'm not giving you something that I came up with. He said, the Lord gave this to me, so I'm giving it to you. On the same night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying this cup is the new covenant, or the cup of the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So Paul is saying, I receive from the Lord. Now, now, now Matthew may have heard Jesus say this. Mark may have been in the upper room and heard Jesus say this. But Paul says, the Lord visited me and told me the same thing, that we are to do this in remembrance of him. And then look what he says in verse 27. He says, when you don't do it in remembrance of him, you do it in an unworthy manner. And look what happens when you do it in an unworthy manner. He says, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So let a man examine himself and let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep or, go, or die, is what it's saying. Now, an unworthy manner is when you just come and take this uh, elements of the Lord's table 
out of tradition, out of ritual, where we forget, we get our eyes off of what Jesus has provided for us. So here's what the, the, the whole theme of what I'm saying is, is God says, when you remember what I've done for you, your remembrance stirs your faith to receive what I've done for you into your current situation. When you remember that I will provide for you, even in a wilderness situation, when you remember that I'm the God that can open the heavens and open the earth, that I'm the God that can part the Red Sea, when, I'm, when you remember me in that, I'm the God, that faith of yours brings me into your current situation, and there's no desert, there's no scorching sun, there's no ocean of, of opposition that will ever come against you, that you're not going to overcome it, because your faith will pull on what I did of old into your today. And Jesus said the same about what I'm doing for you. If you will remember when you take the blood of the grape and when you will remember when you take that broken bread that it represents what I did for you. That my body took stripes upon its back for your healing uh, and crown of thorns on its head to get poverty off of you uh, and took nails in its hands uh, to give you your authority back and nails in my feet to give you dominion back and took a bruising on my face uh, in order order to break the curse of iniquity that passes from generation to generation. And I sweat great drops of blood to redeem your willpower that you can say yes to God and no to the devil and a spear to the side with blood and water flowing out of a broken heart to heal your broken heart. He said, when you take the bread and the cup and you remember, you tie back to what I provided for you. Forgiveness of sin, deliverance and healing and, and prosperity. It's all yours and your faith will bring of old into the new and you'll go forward giving me the thanks and the praise for it. Hallelujah. So it's important to God more important to God than anything else I find in the scripture it's more important to him that we not forget that we will be totally dependent on him that we will look to him that we will draw on his supernatural don't forget I say the Lord would say to you don't forget don't forget that he provided for your salvation I'm telling you, he will take that which seemingly was unworthy and make it worthy when you don't forget. Don't forget he provided for you deliverance. Don't forget he provided for you healing. Don't forget he provided for you promotion. Don't forget he provided for you breakthrough. Don't forget he provided for you reconciliation. Don't forget that he provided for you joy unspeakable and full of glory and the restoration of all things lost unto you. Don't forget that He has provided a peace that surpasses all understanding. Hallelujah. Don't forget He has provided you the Yom Kippur anointing that lifts the burden of sin and destroys the yoke of, cur of the curse off of your life. Don't forget. Amen. Would you stand with me please? Hallelujah. I want us to take just a few moments in prayer. Our music will begin. Our ushers, if you guys would come on and make ready. 
here at the head of these aisles, the bread and the fruit of the vine. But as we prepare, I want us to just look back, look in, look forward as we look up and make sure that our faith is in the right place today. That we're looking back and saying, thank you, Jesus. You did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Jesus, we couldn't cleanse ourselves of our sin. We'd sinned too, but we'd messed up too bad. We couldn't have washed our hands hard enough. We couldn't have, we couldn't have soaked in a, in, in a barrel of boiling water. Couldn't have cleansed us, but you've cleansed us. You've cleansed us, Lord. Hallelujah. With your blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that you took stripes upon your back for our healing. That if there's any sickness that comes against us, we don't have to say this is unto death. We can say we can fight this sickness with a supernatural anointing of the healing virtue of Jesus Christ. And rather than just laying down and dying and, and, and seeing what you did through your blood and your body as unworthy, then we die. We're weak. We die early. But no, we see the value. That by your stripes we're healed. So we rise up and we begin to fight for our healing in Jesus' name. And we begin to rebuke the spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus as we plead the blood of Jesus over our lives. And we find our healing. Hallelujah. Because we remember. Lord, I pray each and every person right now, as before they come and take this bread and this cup, Lord God, that they would look back and see what you provided for us in your death, your burial, and your resurrection. In and through your body and your blood. Hallelujah. And during this feast of Sukkot, this feast of booths or tabernacles, Lord God, that we would make sure the roof of our lives is open. That we can look up day and night and say, God, my eyes are on you. You're my hope. You're my joy. You're my glory. You're my power. You're my anointing. You're my guide. You're my deliverer. You're my father. You're my, my, my giver of all things. I trust you. And I depend on you. So I look unto the Lord. Hallelujah. So just examine yourself to see, am I really looking at Jesus and what he's provided for me for today is this bread that represent his body that was broken for so that my body could be made whole and is this blood of the grape that represents his blood that was shed that it can cleanse me of all unrighteousness and can redeem me and bring me back into reconciliation with the father that I can have this intimate one-on-one -on -one relationship my heavenly father I can be a joint heir with my elder brother Jesus Christ filled with his Holy Spirit living in me and flowing through me I look back and I look in and I look forward as I look up my dependence is on you Jesus my dependence is on you Jesus you pray that prayer today Jesus Jesus I give you my life I surrender to your lordship 
I want to follow you all the days of my life. Come live in my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your love, your power, your compassion, your anointing. I want to live my life to advance your kingdom. Here am I. Use me. Let that be your prayer. Here, my God. Your blood cleanses me. Your bread, broken body, has made my body whole that I might be used as a vessel of honor for you. So, Lord, my prayer is, use me as I keep my eyes on you. In Jesus' name. If you would, just come up out of the left side of your row, up the aisle, and take uh, the bread and the cup back to your seat. And if you would just come and... uh, Take that back to your seat, yes. And just hold on to it. We'll take together. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, you're so worthy, Lord. You're so worthy, Lord. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look down at that bread and the blood of that grape. Say, Lord, I, I remember the great sacrifice that you made for me. And you didn't make it that I would have to live and be the sacrifice. You made the sacrifice so that I could be redeemed, that I could be made strong, 
that I could be made a mighty, mighty man or woman of God for you. And Lord, I want to live up to all of your expectations of me. So Jesus, as you gave your life for me, I give my life for you. And you gave your life as a sacrifice to pay the penalty of my sin. So I give my life as a living sacrifice to bring glory and honor to you. As I look to you during this season, and I remember, Jesus says, as often as you take and eat this bread, and as often as you drink this cup, he said, do it in remembrance of me. Lord, we thank you as we now take and eat and drink. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray your blessing. You said that we could speak your blessing over your people and everyone who would hear and receive could walk out in that blessing. So, Lord God, I pray your blessing. Lord, your blessing upon your people this day. Lord God, let your face shine upon each and every one of them. Lord God, let your anointing saturate each and every life. Lord God, let the power of your spirit fill, guide, and direct, and prosper each and every one. Lord God, you took the curse off us so the blessing could come on us. So I declare the blessing of Abraham on your children right now in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. And Lord God, I pray as we go into this week, we would go into this week to be used of you to advance your kingdom in greater ways than we could ever imagine. To you be the glory, the honor, and all praise. Let your blessing now go upon each and every one as we go in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Hallelujah.